The My Colorful Nana Project is a collected group of generous thinkers. It is an invitation for all to expand upon and celebrate their definitions of the words beauty and blackness. My name is Lauren Stockman Brown, and I am the founder of the My Colorful Nana Project. And thanks for listening. What is beauty? What is femininity? What is blackness? Is black hair beautiful? Does it matter? I don't know. You tell me. So first, Linda, welcome to the My Colorful Nana Project. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Linda DuVernay. I'm 21. My pronouns she, her, and I am black. My major is self-care, mindfulness, and ancestor healing for Haiti's future. You mentioned that you are a Haitian-American black woman. Is that too many? Are those too many words to, to, <laughs> call, to, to call it that? Can you give me a little snippet into that? Like a lot of the stories and personal narratives that you share are about being Haitian and coming into that identity. What has that been like for you? So for me, I always identify as Haitian-American. Being Haitian is like innately black in terms of like explaining that I always tell people like you know the history of Toussaint literature when they were creating the constitution telling us that no matter what we're black and not to even doubt that for a minute and I feel if that was so important to my identity growing up and being Haitian and and continuing to learn about our history being the first black nation to gain independence and what does that mean as you know first generation in america and how does that look like so in creole it's a phrase called neg sig neg we are black no matter what so in the context of that history it was more so to not engage with the conversation of race now in college people are in awe that i'm haitian american what it means to be haitian american and having resilience and being also a black woman because now Mm -hmm. adding that identity into the pool shows like, okay, I'm a resilient Haitian, but like a resilient Haitian woman. And like Haitian women in Haiti are known as the Ponto Mita of our society, which is like the pillar of the society. So it's just very interesting to like think about like what I'm upholding in everyday life. Can you get into that? For me, it's just like always taking on the task and the burden of others, but like not like, oh, I'm doing it as like a saint or whatnot, just making sure I got it because like my parents raised me to always make sure I look out for myself and not to always ask for help. But I've known that sometimes asking for help is good for you in terms of like not being able to take on the burden by yourself, but being resilient. I feel like with that, I've learned through self-care what and how resilience shows up for me. Tony Morrison writes about places where even love found its way with an ice pick. <laughs> Maybe that's the subject. Let's, can we talk about love for a moment? You say love sure. is the metaphor. And, and particularly when I look at the women in your novels, at the, thing, at the extraordinary things they do for love. To love is a revolutionary act. To love another is expected, whereas to love the self is frequently questioned. Linda will describe the challenges of loving the self, especially as a Haitian black woman in America. While the late African-American novelist, Toni Morrison, explains how it is a risk to love because there's a threat of being a martyr, the threat of loss, the threat of loving too hard. Though, in order to care for yourself and another properly, these feelings of instability are inevitable. Some of it's very fierce. Powerful, distorted, even because the duress they work under is so overwhelming. But I think they believed, as I do, we are here and we have to do something nurturing that we respect before we go. We must. It is more interesting, more complicated, more intellectually demanding, and more morally 
demanding to love somebody, to take care of somebody, to make one other person feel good. Now, the dangers of that are the dangers of setting oneself up as a martyr or as, you know, the one who, without whom it would not be done. Also, just like having that confidence, that pride, and also like knowing that my ancestors and having that lineage is so strong. And I know people are mm-hmm. surrounding me, whether that be spirits and like just different entities. So you said you're, you're first generation. Yes. What does that mean to you? So first generation is, for well, for me, it means that me and my brother are the first ones to go to college in our immediate family. Talking about the first generation Haitian American experience is a distinctive experience of being the children of Haitian immigrants and like how that is its own identity. Growing up for financial documents, always having that task sometimes burden as a child to always translate and be the translator for our parents mm. and like always making sure that no one else is, um, no one else screws our parents just because of their lack of speaking English. Okay. So getting more into your interest, mm. what is your relationship like to your own hair? Mm. I feel like I've come a long journey with my hair in terms of like accepting it and that also not comparing it to other people because like a mantra since high school has always been like do not compare yourself to other people and that applies to how my hair is especially transitioning into being natural so throughout high school I was transitioning that's when I was able to come into more of myself and accept myself for who like for who I am so like being able to you know rock my you know afro and twist outs and, and playing with my hair in different forms and going to like waking up and going to school and just, like, being me and showing up. For example, there's always a meme on Instagram, like, oh, when your hair doesn't dry or something and you have to go out and whatnot, it's just like you just want to cry. And, like, having those moments mm. before school, it's just I don't have time to, like, do anything with, else with my hair. I'm just going to have to rock it the way it is. So accepting that and moving on and just being like, okay, you are enough, and that is that on that. So, yeah, like, mm. for right now, I just play, I'm, like, I feel like I'm more like versatile and like I play with my hair and give my hair a break and like I'm able to explore new hairstyles. So the natural hair movement kind of started around I would say the early wait 2010s. Black women of curlier and curly hair textures were coming into their own in terms of you know reclaiming their blackness either transitioning or big chop because I know during this time big chop transitioning or big chop right okay so transitioning is basically slow progression of your natural hair growing out while the the straight ends are like slowly going like not slowly going away but is either you trim it away or you just let it be so sometimes if you Mm -hmm. rock a um, twist out your roots might be like really um, frizzy or you know curly and the ends may be straight whereas big chop is like you just do one final action of like cutting the ends and like rocking a you know twa which is like a a teeny weeny afro or just starting Mm. completely over so that was kind of the movement but like it's more nuanced i feel now than before because it was more so like it was kind of um taken over taken over by like um people with looser textures and interesting yeah so that's why there's more, you know, representation now when we think of, like, type 4 here, um, particularly 4C, because no one wants to claim that, even though, like, that was what the natural hair movement was supposed to be. One of the ways I start the show mm-hmm. is I say, is black hair beautiful? Does it matter? I don't know. You tell me, right? So mm. um, 
do you think black hair is beautiful and does it matter if we do think that it is beautiful or not? I definitely think black hair is beautiful and it matters because of self-esteem. I feel like that is important seeing representation of someone that has similar hair type, hair texture to to you growing up because you're able to go out in the world and dominate any space you enter. Because I feel like if we were able to see like people that look like us always since like the beginning of history, you know, we would be we would carry confidence and not be doubted or phased like going into a boardroom or going to a classroom we would just know that we wouldn't have that we wouldn't second guess ourselves the way you know we seem to do and Mm -hmm. I feel like it would just be part of our nature of just walking in and not having to have that oh I should do this because I'm going to an interview like not having those thoughts in mind I feel like that's why black hair is important in terms of, like, when we constantly tell ourselves, like, oh, this is beautiful because and so-and-so and whatnot and we're versatile and whatnot, it builds character. It builds self-esteem so that for the next generation, hopefully, they can have less issues about, you know, being racialized and politicized about their hair. Mm, I like that a lot. Um, and then why do you think it's important for the My Call for Nana project to expand? Mm. One aspect of it to remember that, you know, the black experience is not monolithic. And I feel like just to be a reminder, like, especially when I'm entering spaces in NYU, even though, like, I'm from Brooklyn and, like, New York, and, you know, going into certain spaces, I have to be open and receptive to, like, knowing that we all didn't grow up the same way, we all didn't have the same beliefs, we all didn't have the same values, and, and that is okay. And we all, obviously, we all look different, but we are all different. And I think so each experience mm-hmm. is valid and we can't like have like a thing of like the oppression Olympics or like putting one experience and like competing with another. So your YouTube channel and personal blog about self-care, mindfulness, self-fulfillment, getting a sense of clarity for yourself as a black girl at NYU and in general. <laughs> Tell me about it, Linda. I love the citation. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting when I talk about self-care with people like in terms of like them asking me what self-care is. And I feel like that is always changing for me, I feel like. It's not like something that I need to support me or care for, like like nurture me at one point. It's not going to look like, um, this, it's not going to look the same in a couple months. But like for right now, self-care is, you know, as they describe, you know, from, like, you know, Audre Lorde um, works and whatnot, it's, like, you know, taking that power back. And, like, there's a quote in terms of, like, self-care is, like, a act of political or, like, you know, is it political warfare? I haven't posted it in my room, but it's from Audre Lorde. Mm-hmm. And it's thinking about, like, self-respect. It's taking your power back, but also remembering your boundaries and different types of how can you heal yourself from a trauma, maintain, you know your wellness, your peace of mind, but also remembering to come back to the breath, remembering to come back to you, and you are the most important person in your life. And I think so. as a black woman, sometimes it's hard to to remember that just because you feel the need, well, in my experience, that you feel the need to, like, you know, take care of everyone else and kind of put yourself second. When... Why do you think that comes with being a black woman? Hmm. I just feel like like the histories that we've been taught and also conditioned to feel like we come second. So like in in my experience in terms of like 
being first gen, it's something about like even though I have parents that take care of me, it's the thing of like I'm always I like especially now in the um I feel the need to always check in or take care or like do certain things that I don't need to and maybe it's like growing up in New York where I feel like I had to grow up fat like I have to I had to mature faster than, you know, an average, I don't know, like a kid or whatnot. So in terms of just like um, I don't, it's it's really hard sometimes to explain like oh how do as black women why do we feel the need to carry that burden? It's sometimes it's hard to explain that because it's like we're socialized to think that way. When we are asked to do otherwise, you're just like wow, I never thought of that. So sometimes I just find myself tripping up on like why do I feel that? Because it feels so natural, you know. Mm-hmm. It feels so natural that like you asking me this, I'm just like hmm. Why is it this way? Of course, history teaches us why it's this way. But for me, I'm just like kind of stuck sometimes. So that's the that's mm-hmm. part of the self-care, like undoing that work. Um, telling yourself that I deserve to be loved. I deserve to have my my personal time. I deserve my own space. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And say, like, you know, remembering that, but also putting the work for that to exist. I feel mm-hmm. like that's the hardest part. Paul D says to Seti, your love is too thick. It's too thick. Is that what you're talking about That's here? Right. It can get to be very excessive. And what, what, how do we know when our love is too thick? We don't. We really don't. That's a big problem. We don't know when to stop, as Baby Suck <laughs> says. When is it too much and when is it not, not enough? That is the problem of the human mind and the soul. But we have to try that. We have to try that. We have to do that. And not doing it is so poor for the self. It's so poor for the mind. It's so uninteresting to live without that. And it has no risk. There's no risk involved. And that just seems to make life not just livable, but a, a gallant, gallant event. I think that love is a sacrifice of self, and society has diluted its meaning to mean something else, perhaps something more fun or accessible than it really is. But at the same time, I think this feeling of complexity is what makes the act of achieving love for the self and another so great. This really, really got me thinking, so I'm super excited to share this with you all. Um, Thanks for tuning in. And uh, thanks for thinking generously. See you next week.